Okay. Thank you for the opportunity, the privilege of speaking to you. It's a privilege. I send greetings from Australia, from Melbourne, country down under. We are friendly folk. Come and visit us anytime you feel like doing so. Got a nice company, about the same size as yours, and it's a, um, it's a whole day for us on Sunday. So if you ever come down, um, sort of give yourself a whole day. <laughs> Starts at 11 o'clock, it doesn't finish till about 9 o'clock at night. All right, um, Hebrews 11, if you can, please. Didn't really have anything planned for this, so I'll just give you a few thoughts that I had, and um, hopefully there'll be something that the Spirit can use for our benefit. Hebrews 11, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it is said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph, and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel, and gave commandments concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, a goodly child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to, call, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproaches of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith, the Rahab harlot perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And we trust that God will bless <clears throat> the reading of his precious word. Let me, if I can, just outline for you my my, my view of the Hebrew epistle, it, it's uh, an epistle that we tend to you know, understand very much, the first chapter and first few chapters, and then we seem to understand a lot about chapter 11, the chapter that we've read, um, but there's a lot in between that seems hard to grasp, and there's a lot of difficulties with the, the middle section, and then of course the, the end section, the practical section, um, if we have the first, you know, nine chapters is doctrinal, then the, the last few chapters from 11 onwards to the end of the, the epistle are usually practical, and, and, and so the, the, there's less difficulty with, with that section. And it's the middle section that most of us uh, 
have difficulty with, and I, I, I too have difficulty with grips, coming to grips with some of the, 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 the concepts that come across there. But let me put this to you. Yeah. The first three chapters, you, you have his greatness. The greatness of Christ without exception. And the author of the Hebrew epistle, God speaks. And God is the author and God speaks. And he uses a language, a language that you and I can understand. He uses language of his son. God has spoken in not Hebrew, not Greek, not English, in son. He uses a term that's universal that all through the ages we can read in the Lord Jesus Christ and appreciate divine truths that have been impregnated in the person of his son. And when we consider his son, we'll understand what God always had planned. So in these first three chapters, we have his greatness. And there is no comparison. His greatness without exception. Then in chapter 3 to 6, I think we find human failure. Again and again, we, we read about human failure. Human failure except one. There's one exception. So in the first three chapters, there's no exception to his greatness. But in, in, in chapter 3 to 6, we have human failure, but there's one exception, and that's the person of Christ. So Adam fell, and Christ comes along, and he takes man by the hand. He is a, a faithful priest, and he won't fail. If Joshua had given them rest, wouldn't have come through Christ. Wouldn't have spoken in a, of another day. And so here is that one person who is exceptional. And so he comes along. In, in chapter 7 to, to 10, I, 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 I read this, I think this, that there is divinely instituted changes that come, come our way. We, we have to appreciate, and, and this is how I've looked at it, that, that change is very hard. I think it, it's commonly accepted. I think we can all appreciate how change is difficult. Maybe it's not so in, 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 in the US of A, which leads the world with change. But, but in many parts of the world, the older generation, they cling on to things. And, and they don't want to change. And the Hebrews were no different. Here, here is something that's coming across. And it's changing. We've had Old Testament rituals. And here is Christ. And there's a change. And change is always hard. Change always breaks the mold and, and starts afresh. And how can you do that? Who gives you the authority for, for that change? You know, the, 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 the overall lesson that I put with over chapter 7 to 10 is this change is not by man. This change comes from God. The, the authority of that change, it's stacked with the authority of God. It's scripture. And that's something that we must appreciate. Again and again, we, we'll find this, this, this phrase, that, 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 that the scripture saith, and, and, and this was the, the, the language used in that, those chapters 7 to 10, that, that demonstrate that God signed off on that change. If, if you're going to have change, that there, there, there is a, a sign off, and, and God gives us that immutable change with, 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 uh, 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 with, with the authority of, of his statement. Uh, he was going to bring about this change. And, and God, God talked about this change as not a, a change that was going to be temporary. You know, when you, you, you think of, uh, about uh, it in, 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 in chapter, let me see if I can find it, if the, in, in, in chapter 9, he talks about uh, two compartments. Right? He talks about the first covenant as a tabernacle, and then the, the first 
and then after the second veil, he talks about the, the two compartments. Now, he, he, brings, he brings out the, the lesson in, in the latter part of, or, or the, the early part of chapter 9, about the, the two dispensations. These things uh, are prepared so that the priest would go continually into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the services, but into the second, the high priest alone. And then what, what is all this? Verse 9 says, it was a figure for the time then present. There was a, a, a dispensational change, and, and God was introducing a change, uh, and even in illustrating by using these two, two ta- compartments, God was introducing a change that was going to be for the time present, and then a time after. There was a time then, and a time after. For then, it says there, they, 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 they could not make the worshipper perfect. That was the time present. And now the present, with the change comes about, with the change comes about perfection. And, and the, the, the approacher, the worshipper who approach, can find acceptance with God and he can be made perfect. So there, there is these two compartments. The, the climate for the change is right. The, 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 the character of the change from impersonal to, to, to personal, it was always tangible sacrifices, animals, fire, altar. It was always tangible. And, and, and it says there in verse 12, yet through blood of, for, no, yet through blood of car, goats and calves. Or, those were all the tangible things. But then you, you come into the, 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 the personal. When you come into this change, he, he talks about the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offered up himself without spot. It's not something you can touch. It's not something you can see. And it's something that has happened. And it's faith in something that has happened. And so these changes are, are taking place. And, and, then, and then the stamp of authority. That's the point I was coming to in chapter 9. He talks about this change, the certification for the change, the, the, the approval for the change. It comes from the hand of God. It, it, it goes like this. Uh, in verse 24, um, that Christ, in chapter 9, verse 24, Christ is not entered into the holy place, made with hands like a pan, like, 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 which are pattern of the true, but into heaven itself. And so God, God, God has this official sign of authority to demonstrate that He's not going into something that's a figure. He's going into something that is true. And, and the change that comes about, which is what Christ is introduced, is, is not... Uh, a, a, a type, it's not a picture, it's not a figure, it's the true thing. And so here is the stamp of authority. God is giving us the, the, the signal that it has happened. You know, when, when somebody has made a change in, in your train timetable, airport timetable, whatever it is, any, anything that has changed it has to have a final authority and somebody approves all the changes that has taken place. And so God has given us that stamp of authority. So I, I looked at these, these nine chapters, the, the, these three, uh, four chapters from chapter 7 to chapter 10, as indicating this, 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 this divinely instituted changes. Not changes that are int- introduced by men, but in, introdu- changes that have got the backing of God, of the backing of Scripture. And so they, 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 they come into our lives, they come into our world. And so there is some sim- simple vital lesson that we can take home to ourselves in that. We, we, we don't bring change for the sake of change. The, the change that, that is brought in, Hebrew, in the Hebrew epistle is a change that has 
God stamped all over it, has got Christ stamped all over it. And God is using the language of Christ to introduce this change. It, 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 it is using Melchizedek, it is using Aaronic priesthood, it is using angels versus Christ, it is using all those, is using language that we can understand. It's comparing Christ and using Christ as the, 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 the medium to, to disseminate this culture of change. When you come to chapter 11, which is where we pick it up from, the change has been approved, so to speak. It has gone through the process and we've demonstrated, says the writer, we've demonstrated that this change has got the approval of God. Chapter 10, I, I, I think you, you, you find that the, the, the Christians there have gone through a difficulty. They, 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 they're not ready to accept this change. They, they, they might ask this question, what if I, I'm not ready to accept this change? What if I don't want to, to go on with this change? And right at the end of, of chapter, the, chapter 10, you, you've got these thoughts. Um, um, uh, it, it tells us about how they have um, suffered, uh, partly whilst they were made, a gazing, verse 33, a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst they, they were companions with those who were so used. So they, 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 they've gone along with the change, and then they've been made gazing stocks, uh, laughing stocks, and, and, and they've suffered with, with somewhere there, it says that they, they, they took joyfully the spoiling of their goods. And so, uh, uh, they've lost property, they've lost belongings, things that really, earthly treasures that they had counted, you know, were. I didn't realize when I joined, when I became a, a Christian, I was going to have this much difficulty. What if I don't want to go along with the change? What if I want to stay neutral? Well, that's what chapter 10 says, you know, you, 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 you cast away, therefore, all, all this, 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 this trepidation, because there is great recompense of reward, he talks about that uh, 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 in verse 35. Don't, 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 don't throw away your confidence, the, the step, the bold step that you took in, in going with Christ, don't, don't cast that aside, because there is a great recompense of reward. And so, chapter 11 starts to talk about three things. Chapter 11, 12, and 13, I, I think, tells us about three things. It, it says, chapter 11, consider your faith. And I, I, I think that, that tells us to make use of our eyes. In, in chapter 12, it, it tells us to consider how re, we receive our, our reception. So, it, in chapter 11, it's our, consider our faith. In chapter 12, it tells us to consider how well we hear and consider everything that's around us. And there's a voice of the father that's talking. In chapter 12, it talks about a father talking to sons. And, and you, don't, you don't reject the father who speaks. So here is a father, you, you use your ears to hear. And then in chapter 13, he says, consider your hands, consider your contribution. Lift up your hands. Lift up your feet. Make straight paths for your feet. And, and, and chapter 13 tells us to, to, to use our feet, to, 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 to use our hands, to use everything that's in, in a practical exercise of our faith. So let's come down to some of the detail. Chapter 11, to use our eyes. And, and I just thought we might focus on a few of these thoughts and then we'll close. Given that 
God has introduced change. He's put his stamp of authority. The clarity of the change is significant because God has used a language that you and I can understand. He's spoken in his son. Given that you've had to undergo difficulties, taken joyfully the spoiling of your goods, chapter 10. How do you, how do I go forward? We use chapter 11, use our eyes. And, and, and in, in the first few verses, in chapter 11, verse 1 to 6, faith has an object. And, and it seems to me that the object there is to please God. And I think that's simple. Simple enough for, for us to understand. In verse 5 it says, Enoch, he had this testament, he pleased God. And, and in verse 6 you're told, how do we please God? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And, and so we've got this, verse, first six verses, an object, faith. The object is to please God. Then in verse <clears throat> 7 to verse 16, uh, just before where we started to read, faith has an attitude. It looks to another world. And, 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 and there you'll find about Noah, and he, he, he condemned this world. And Abraham, he went out into a place. And then uh, uh, it, it says in verse 13 about this, this, these people that were with Abraham, these all died in faith. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. So he was looking for a, another world. So object has got a view for something and another world. But here in, 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 in verse 17 to verse 27, where, where, where we, read, and we read a little bit further than that, we see faith has a telescope. And I, I thought we'd just look at that. A telescope. Verse 17 and 18, it's got a future promise. It needs faith to understand that what God says He will perform. All too often we live for today. All, all too often we live for what's in the pay packet. The next day is also today. Maybe for the future, but it's for the foreseeable future. And too, all too often we live for what we have in our hands, tangible. We might look at our pay check. We might look at our nest egg, at the balance in the... But we're all looking at balances. Faith looks beyond that. And, and, and in verse 17, when Abraham was asked to offer up Isaac, his only son, it says of, in verse 18, of whom it is said, in Isaac shall thy seed be called. This is the promise of God. And Abraham had to look at what God was saying and had to look at what he had and he had to look at the balance of those two. What he had, the blessings. What God said, the word of the blesser. And what do I rely on? Do I rely on what God has given me or do, do I rely on the word of the giver, of the blesser? And so here in these first few thoughts, we've got future blessings. You, you, you're, you're, you're prepared to accept His word. And it's all future. It's not for the... He makes the rain to, the, 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 the rain to fall on the, the, the just as well as on the unjust. And so all of us get good things and we are thankful for them. The, the temporal mercies, but there is something that is yet future. And we can chew on that because there is something there for the future. Abraham lived for the He had a telescope and he could see that in Isaac the seed would be called. Then in verse 
19 to 20, uh, we have a future concept. It says there in verse 19, he accounted that verse 19, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. I, I once was challenged with this question. How, how, how did the writer to the Hebrews come to this conclusion? Accounting that God was able to raise him from the dead. How did Abraham come to this conclusion that God, or how did the Hebrew writer, sorry, how did the Hebrew writer understand that Abraham believed in the resurrection? He's saying that accounting that God was able to, how did he come to that? There's a little word, and, and, and this is what spoke to me, and, and, and uh, uh, I and the lad, he told the two servants, will go yonder, worship, and come again. And I, I, I believe that the Hebrew writer would have just taken from those little phrase, and come again. He was going, he fully expected to sacrifice Isaac, but he says, I will come back again. And so the, 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 the writer to the Hebrews understood from that language of Holy Scripture. You see, we can pay attention to detail. God can be trusted with the jots and the titles. And you can go and take every word of God at face value. I will come again. And so here is the, 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 the language that the Hebrew writer uses. Accounting that God was able to raise him from the dead. Abraham had never seen Never been told about resurrection. And yet, he believed in a future concept. Faith has got a future concept. Here is a telescope that can see that the God who is God of all things is also a God of the impossible. So whilst we look at things and we say, oh, look at the devastation around us, look at all that they've taken from us, the future looks bleak. Persecution is coming on and it's not going to be easy. But... God is the God of the impossible. In verse uh, 21, by faith, we are told, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Abraham. Here, here is future generations. In verse 20, is he, Isaac blessed Jacob. So Isaac blesses Jacob, and Jacob, he blesses both the sons. But both have got the thought of future events and future generations. They, they, they see the, 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 the children that we've got, and you might have favoritism, we might have uh, a partiality one over one son, but when it came to Isaac blessing Jacob or Esau, he thought about future events. It says there in verse 20, concerning things to come. And, and, and we, we need to appreciate that we don't live for the present. We, we need to appreciate that the time present, that's what the way of the world, that's the way of the world. But you and I, we, we look for future events. And, and when Isaac looked at what Jacob was going in for, he looked at what Esau was going in for, he could see that there was taste buds that longed for different things. And he blessed them based on, on thoughts of future events, on things to come. Not what we do. So what we do reflects on how we will carry out the rest of our lives. And we, we, we show, we demonstrate our traits in daily activities. If, if we've got no time for God now, our future looks one way. 
If we've got more time for God now, our future looks golden. And so here, here is the outcome of someone who looks at blessing with a view of things to come. When, when Jacob comes to bless, he, he, he gives a, a double blessing. He blessed both the sons. He, he, he's blessing. He's thinking about future generations. He's not thinking about this. He's thinking about just now. He's thinking about future generations. Here is Joseph with all his brothers. But he's thinking about the two sons of Joseph. And, and, and there's future generations in, in mind. In verse 22, there's a, 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 not, not just a future generations, but a future nation. It, it, it tells us of when, when Joseph, would, he, he made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. And then he gave commandment concerning his bones. Twelve sons were there in Egypt with their children. But he talked about a, a nation. The nation of the children of Israel. He talked about a future when there would be so many. And he gave them a reminder and a token, the bones, to go with him. And so here is a man who had understood what God was saying about not just going into Egypt, but the departure, the leaving, the departing from, from Egypt. My time's up. Let me just bring a few thoughts there. In, in verse 23, the, 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 the tender thing that I, I like, or the tender thought that I like, is that the, the parents of Moses, they saw he was a proper child. He looked at the child. My child is always more beautiful than somebody else's child. We've always got that thought, haven't we? But what, she, what they saw was future potential. They saw that this child was going to be useful for God. This child was going to be used by God. And so they weaned him. They instructed him. So that when he was in the house of Pharaoh's daughter, she was, he was still educated in the ways of God. So he, they made sure that the future potential could be realized. When they appreciated potential, they made sure they followed it through with their own exercise. I think maybe my time's well gone, so I'll, I'll close with that. But, but there's, 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 there's Moses who himself made a choice. He, he cast aside present identity, the son of Pharaoh's daughter, present riches for future riches and a future identity. Future riches, respect unto the recompense of reward, he says in verse 26. And future identity, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, endured seeing, uh, seeing him who is invisible. He wanted fellowship with a God who is invisible. And so he took his relationship with and, and his identity with a God who is invisible. Now I just trust that while these few stumbling remarks are, are scattered, that they will give us an eye, an ear, a, a taste for living by faith, using our eyes to look beyond the present we're blessed with temporal things we're blessed with all the things that we have around us that makes our life that make our life easy but it takes a eye of faith to see beyond the things that we've got and appreciate the divine hand that's behind it all so just close